Hello, Hellcats. Welcome back to Ew, That's Creepy. In this episode, Jackie will be telling Melissa about multiple black young women and children who have gone missing. Please look into the articles below by ourblackgirls.com for photos and contact information. This episode will discuss murder, decomposition, and kidnapping. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Unex Creepy Podcast. We are here today with another episode talking about missing minorities in America. And today I'm going to be telling Melissa a couple quick stories that are obviously still unsolved because these women are still missing. So... As we said last time, these aren't very happy episodes. I mean, none of them are really happy, but at least some, you can get a laugh out of some of the drama, or we can tell a joke or something, but these ones are just more serious. So you're doing multiple people, not just one? Yes. Just because they're quicker, why not tell two? And then I'm just going to mention briefly one more, but it's like, uh, so, yeah. Okay, well, that's good to get a lot of names out there, get some attention on cold cases and everything. Exactly. And I really want to say that I got, I learned about all of these cases on ourblackgirls.com. It's a website all about black women and children who are either missing or have unsolved cases and things like that it was a really really great website and it is run by a woman obviously so shout out to her it's a really really amazing website i definitely say either look at it you know peruse on the website keep yourself updated donate if you can you know and websites like that are so amazing because you know it's usually most of the time nonprofit, one person or just a couple people who are taking the time to do all the research themselves and doing it all to just get names out there so websites like that are really amazing yeah i agree i think websites like this are always made out of love so i'm sending all my love to it But let's just get right into it. This story is in 2014. It is in Detroit, Michigan. In May of 2014, Alicia Marie Fox, she's 27 years old. She's a mom of two children, six-year-old Kayla Hunter and eighth-month-old son Christian Justice. In May, at the end of May 2014, family members realized that they had not heard from Alicia or seen her or her two children. They knew Alicia had recently left her husband of four months named Aaron Justice and moved out of their family home with the children. But after that, her family could not get in contact with her. Alicia's daughter, Kayla, has a different father than Alicia's husband, but I believe 
the son, Christian, is the son to Alicia and her husband, Aaron, because of the last names. Gotcha. But, I mean, that obviously that doesn't matter. I'm just going to be talking about Kayla's father, but that's not Alicia's husband. Okay. Two, so, it had been about two weeks since anyone had heard from Alicia and the kids And obviously her family is looking for her and stuff like that. But Kayla's father received a text message from Alicia's phone number. And he just thought it was suspect. Like he just said it didn't seem like Alicia had actually sent it. Do we know what it said? I'm not sure. I couldn't find out what it said. Maybe something about her whereabouts because they had like obviously people were looking for her. But whatever it said, he felt like it wasn't her. Oh. And she was reported officially missing to police shortly after. And it was because they had missed Kayla's kindergarten graduation. So everyone knew, like, no. Something bad had happened. Yeah, because, I mean, at first she was moving out of the home with the kids. So you might think, like, maybe she's just busy or, I don't know. Maybe she got a hotel for a night or something like that at first, but... Definitely not missing graduation. Yeah. And let me just add this because I kind of forgot about this. Her husband, Aaron Justice, did have kind of a history of violence against women and a police record with arrests for drugs and weapons charges. So that's just that. Uh, So, yeah, I think her family was kind of suspicious of him from the jump. Sadly, in June... Alicia's uncle and some of her family members were actually out, like, looking for her, and they were passing out flyers in Detroit when they received an anonymous tip that Alicia might have been in the area. So they keep looking around, and they notice that there's a boarded-up home, and they just decide that they're going to look into this boarded-up home. Hmm. And... I believe this was actually very close to where Alicia and Aaron, her husband, had lived. Not, like, very, very close, but in the neighborhood-type vicinity. Okay. So, they say they basically open the door to this abandoned home, and the family smells a very foul odor. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sure they could sense that something was definitely wrong and they follow the really bad smell to the basement where they say that a door was laying on top of bulging blankets and Alicia's uncle pulled back the blankets and sadly realized that it was Alicia's body. How long had she been passed at that point? Well she had been missing for two weeks and they say that the body was very decomposed. I hate so much that her family had to see that. I know, it's horrible, but yeah, it is June, so two weeks isn't a super long time, but I mean, I'm sure this house has no running air, water whatsoever, so it's going to be hot in this home, like, yeah, it... it, (sighs) I'm sure it did decompose, and that is just so horrific that her own family had to find her like that. Yeah, that just, my heart just sank. I hope her family is getting the healing that they need. Yeah, it's very, very sad. 
After Alicia's family found her body, they began searching the home for her two children, obviously, but they could not find them anywhere in the house. They said that the last time they had seen Alicia and the family was at a family barbecue on May 24th, and they said everything seemed fine and, you know, nothing seemed amiss. Do they know where her husband is at this point? We gonna get to him. Oh, shit. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. Um, Alicia's neighbor said that he saw the family appearing to be, like, moving out. He said that there was a U-Haul truck in front of the home on Memorial Day weekend, so May 27th or 28th, like, around that time. And I think, yeah, their home was approximately seven miles from the home where her body was found, so not a super long distance. But people also said that on the street where her body was found, they saw a U-Haul truck that day right near the vacant house. And an employee from the U-Haul company confirmed that the truck had been rented um, to Alicia's husband. Yikes. Okay, suspicious. I was going to say maybe it could be a coincidence that she was found relatively close to her house, but... The fact that that is true and the U-Haul rented to her husband is there. Mm, Weird. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure police kind of cross off Alicia's uh, daughter's father because he did report her missing. Because, I mean, that's his daughter. Right. That's his daughter and... The mother of his child. Exactly. So he really, he didn't have anything to do with it and he reported them missing. So it's like kind of... If there were suspects, Alicia's husband's at the top of the list. Yeah. So, obviously, after her body is found, they're all on the lookout for Aaron Justice and the children. And he is found in Atlanta, Georgia. And he is arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Please tell me the children were there. No. (gasps) Sadly, they did not find the children. After they investigated Alicia's murder, it revealed that after Aaron Justice had killed Alicia, he sold her a Chevrolet Impala to a junkyard in Taylor, Michigan. And investigators tried to track down the vehicle to try to get any evidence from it, but it had already been stripped and cleaned and all that time by the time that they got there. They did locate the U-Haul truck that... Aaron Justice had been driving after Alicia's murder, and it's kind of weird. He never left Detroit, but somehow they could tell that he managed to add 300 miles onto the odometer. What the hell was he doing? I have no idea. But he bought a plane ticket and flew to Atlanta, so that's how he ended up there. That's so weird. Police ended up searching his home and they found traces of blood on the ceiling of the upstairs bedroom in a bullet hole that was lodged inside one of the walls. Yikes. Alicia had a beloved pit bull that was very protective of her and the children and it was sadly found wandering the streets of Detroit on June 19th, which was eight days after Justice was arrested. So... 
It had been There's wandering. like some other stuff too with the dog. I'm not going to say it because you guys know I love animals. Like I love animals so much. They think that the dog might have been um, like he might have sold it to animal fighters or something like that. I'm not going to say why they think that. I'm assuming you guys can put two and two together. But the dog was rescued and it found a foster home. So. Oh, thank God. What yeah. if you know what? And who does that after you just murdered the mother of your child you're gonna yeah. sell something that she loved so much and potentially sell it knowing it's being harmed and now we still don't even know where the children are if this person actually did this because i can't say for sure because i don't know at this point i despise them yeah i sick sickening but luckily it was just treated for anything it needed and it was placed in a foster home so good that's probably the only good thing that came out of the story at least the animal didn't die i love animals but where the fuck are her children i know so they police ended up figuring out that one of Aaron Justice's friends, like a childhood friend, had helped him hiding and disposing of Alicia's body in that abandoned building after she passed away. And the friend admitted to police that he went to Aaron Justice's home and had seen Alicia's body tucked away in a crawl space. So he helped move it to where it was found. But he said that the children were still alive and well at the time that he was there. What? Yeah. But Which I mean, is horrible. he was sentenced. He was, that friend was also sentenced to jail for, or prison for his role in the murder for helping out. Which is horrible because you just have her children around her deceased body. Like, what the hell? Yeah. That's such a horrible thing to do. Yeah. And so Justice agreed to um, a deal and pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 45 to 80 years in prison. But the children, Kayla and Christian, have never been found, which is so sad. But Alicia's family, like, they believe that Aaron Justice put the children with other family members of his. Just because, like, I don't think there was really any evidence that he harmed them. But it's weird because that's not his daughter. Uh, Yeah, but it's his son. It's just so strange why his family members still to this day then are just keeping them away from her family. I don't know. I mean, maybe, like, I don't know. You know how it is? Like, if that's, like, you know, if he would take them to, let's say, his parents or something like that, and they're like, these are my grandbabies, you know, and if maybe they'd think they would never see them again. I don't know, but it's just, like, if he did kill them... Why wouldn't he have just disposed of their body with Alicia's? Right. As sad as it is. uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe because he thought he would... I don't know. But, you know, okay, here's my very, very big complaint with this case. Obviously, why have I never heard of this? This screams to me Chris Watts vibes. Like, typical... This was in 2014. Before the whole Chris Watts thing. And this is even crazier because there's still unanswered pieces of this. There's two, two, there's still two children who are missing. So 
Yeah, and like I feel like they could be found if more people cared about this case. If they're still out there, people could figure out who they are or if they've seen someone who looked like that. But I've never heard about this case. Yeah, I don't think a lot of other people have either. Never. Which is so sad because, you know, nothing against the Chris Watts case. They did a great job and they found him before he could do anything else or, you know, it's a great investigation. But at the same time, yeah, why don't we know about this case? Why isn't there a documentary about it if there are still two children that could be found? Why did he, the husband even do this? Do we know? Because she wanted to leave? Maybe? I'm assuming, yeah, because she left and moved out. But, yeah, like, even if, and if their bodies are out there, he drove around. Yeah, he what, 300 miles? 300 miles, yeah, like, somebody would have seen someone in a U-Haul truck acting suspicious. I just feel like, it's like stuff like this, like, if cases like these got as much attention as mainstream investigations people will be able to put this two and two together yeah or at least i mean it was 2014 and like stuff wasn't as like true crime wasn't as going crazy but still i'm a true crime (laughs) junkie and i've never heard of this and it's yeah it's not i mean it's not like every other case where there's no facts and they really don't know what happened like we have been watching Snapped since probably ninth or 10th grade. So true crime has been popular since w- before 2014. Yeah, this that's true. angers me. And you know, I could never, it's like, I couldn't even, it, this case is so underreported. I don't even know if they ever pressed the husband on what, what did you do with the kids? Like, why isn't there like a freaking Dateline episode or something on it? And they go to the prison and they interview him. It's like, so true. what did you do with the kids? Why did you even do this? What is, what's going on? Yeah, Give us more. Like, I know nothing. I feel like there was like such, there wasn't that much information. And as sad as it is, I feel like it really wouldn't have been talked about if, if Alicia's body wasn't found and if he wasn't charged with murder. And it a lot kinda... of the times it, bodies aren't found like this. Did, were police looking for her when the family found her? Um, well, I think it had been at least, like, a week before they reported her, since she had went missing, that they reported her missing. But it would have been another week. But, yeah, I think, I don't think the police were, I think they were starting to look that day or the day before her body was found. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know the circumstances, so I'm not trying to throw I'm not trying to bash. shade, but it just also angers me the fact that her family had to find her in these, this abandoned house that smelled the second they opened the door. Yeah. It's nothing against, you know, I'm, I don't know the facts, so maybe police weren't even on the lookout at that point, but it's, this is also what we mean, where if it would have that attention like other cases... Maybe they would have been on the lookout and they would have found it sooner. I don't know. It's just I hate that the family had to find that. Yeah, and I mean, there could still be some sort of coverage on it now highlighting the fact that the kids have never been found. Like Exactly. So that's that one. It's um, irritating. And this next one is two because it is kind of similar where it's just like 
like you can put pieces together it's just i don't understand why people aren't talking about it more yeah and jackie and i are two white women sitting here i couldn't even imagine being a young black woman or the families of a black woman or any minority any minority who has gone missing i couldn't even understand the feeling of not feeling like others care and that breaks my heart. I could go... Okay, that's another tangent I could go off on. I was going to say, we just could talk going. a lot about that, but we're not going to get political because we want to be for everybody here, but... I mean, it's, it's not even really political. Tough. It's just Yeah, like, and it's not, it's not a political issue. It's just... It's there's hard. so much that could be said, and <laughs> yeah. at the same time, if you guys know where we're coming from, you obviously know what we're going to say and everything, so I'll just let you keep going, Jackie. Yeah, it's like, there's so much that could be said, but it shouldn't be said by us, because we're just two podcasters. Yep, good point. But this is another missing black woman named Tamika Pridgden. She went missing on May 12th, 2001 from LaGrange, North Carolina. She was 16 years old when she went missing, so she was just a teenager. You're still a baby at 16. Just a baby. She So it was 10.15 p.m. when she was last seen on May 12th, as I said. And it was in her living room at her home. Her mom had a boyfriend named Eric Earl Mercer Moore Sr. (laughs) That's the name. Whoa. Yeah. This boyfriend was going to come over, but Tamika's mom was actually, like, breaking up with him. Oh. I don't know if he knew that or not. But anyway, (laughs) she was on the phone with him, and he said he would be at her home in, like, five minutes. But she fell asleep after the phone conversation. But when she woke up at about midnight, Tamika just wasn't there. And she saw that Tamika's shoes and her purse and, like, all of her stuff was still there. So it's like, where would she have gone, literally, with not her shoes or her purse? And it's kind of strange that if he was going to come over, wouldn't he have knocked and she would have heard, even if she was sleeping? Yeah, well, yes. And authorities, like, did find out later on that Tamika had been on the phone with a friend that evening. And the friend said that someone had knocked on the door and the call ended. At first, authorities classified Tamika as a runaway and believed that she went to Goldsboro, North Carolina. Why? Why would she have gone there? Exactly. I don't know. I literally don't know. I mean, if Tamika's mom would have explained the circumstances of, like, her boyfriend was coming over. He said he'd be there in five minutes. I fell asleep and woke up and Tamika's not here. It would seem obvious that you would look into the boyfriend. Right. That would be my first thought would be if you knocked on the door if she was still asleep, did Tamika let you in? Did no one let you in? What's the deal? Mm-hmm. And he had prior convictions for kidnapping, assault, theft, <sighs> and a sex crime, which Tamika's mom didn't find out any of that until Tamika had gone missing. <gasps> oh, my God. No, that's seriously your worst nightmare. Literally. And in 2006, 
He was convicted of sexually assaulting a minor and sent to prison for 12 years. Ew, fucking scumbag. Wow. And sadly, that's like all there is. I don't know how much follow-up there was on this case at all. And when was this? 2001. Like, (sighs) Tamika 100% got kidnapped. Where's the boyfriend at now? Making... Earl. Well, in 2006, he was accused. I mean, uh, he was sent to prison for 12 years. I mean, he would be out now, but I don't know what he was doing. But it's like, it seems pretty obvious. And no charges ever against him. So (laughs) it's annoying because I don't, obviously, I don't think she was a runaway because when you're 16, you don't run away forever and then just never come home. So. And you don't just hang up on your friend you're on the phone with and run away. Yeah, exactly. If it was your friend, you... That is so true. And it annoys me because if she... Was this an apartment building or a house? I'm not sure. I think a home. Either way, you would think that someone nearby would sneak her getting kidnapped. There would be some evidence of a kidnapped... Of a kidnapping. People would see something. Yeah, and I mean, it was like... Sometime, I guess it'd be around like 10.30 it happened. So it's not super late. Someone definitely could have heard something. But again, when when people make quick determinations, like it's a runaway, you can't just make a determination that you have no, basically no evidence on. And then yeah. when you say that, people stop caring. So it's like when you say it's a runaway, people aren't going to take it as seriously and aren't going to look into it as much. Yeah, I mean... And it's hard to, it's hard because... But even if they were a runaway, she's 16. Yeah, it's hard because I'm sure with the police, I'm sure they do have 16-year-old runaways, 15-year-old runaways, this and that. But, so we're not to find them. We're to just leave them out there and let them be runaways. Why can't we still look for them? Yeah, when her mom is looking for her and she doesn't have shoes. She doesn't have a bag. She has nothing. It scares me so much that that guy's kidnapping charges and stuff. Ugh. I know. It's sickening. And it's just like, ugh, it makes my stomach turn that that one, I really feel, I swear there were like two articles about that one. Like none. And it's just like so sad, you know? Oh, it's sad because Tamika was 16 and just the fact that it could go from being on the phone to you're never seen or heard from again breaks my heart. And there are two articles in the news. Like you were almost nothing. That's horrible. It's very sad. Like, and I'm just going to mention, yeah, so that was in 2001. Um, in just in 2020, Another black teen went missing. Her name was Asia Wilbon. I believe she was also 16. (laughs) And kind of on similar circumstances, she was last basically seen walking around her home late at night. And, like, her family just thought she went to the restroom. But the next day, she just couldn't be located. And she was having some mental health issues, But if so, that's, like, even more concerning. Yeah. The only... And when they did search for her and everything, the only thing that she took with her were her phone and her house keys. So, it does kind of seem like maybe she went somewhere. But 
her parents obviously believe that wherever she went, she had the intentions of coming back if she brought her house keys. Yeah, it's why would you, if you didn't have the intentions of coming back, take them? Exactly. And it's like, once again, she's a young woman. Like, kind of not even, I don't even know if she's a woman yet. Like, these are still girls and they're going missing. That was February 13th, 2020 in Kent, Washington. I don't know if I said that. But, yeah, like, they're going missing basically in thin air, and... And I just don't feel like if you're 16 and you're already having some mental health difficulties that you are just able to run away and never be seen or heard from again. Where are you getting money and things like that? I just feel like even if these people are quote-unquote runaways... People come back. Yeah, they don't not call. She had her phone. Do we have any tracking on the phone? I'm not sure. I don't really think... I don't remember reading anything specific about the phone, but I just wanted to throw in that last case because, yeah, in 2020, it's still happening. And, I mean, obviously, there's no... Nothing bad to say about the Gabby Petito case. Do not get anybody wrong or twisted on that. But when you just think about how quickly that case was solved because of the media attention it got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... I want to know, too, why we haven't been able, and maybe they have and we don't know the details, track her phone. Because if you're someone who's gone missing in 2020, technology is definitely that advanced where could we see where it pinged last before it was shut off? And maybe they could say, yeah, that is someone she's friends with. Or no, we have no idea... I just don't understand, like you said, how it just seems like young black women go missing and are never seen or heard from again and are poof, gone in thin air. And if they're not giving a lot, or if they're not giving a good amount of media coverage to teens going missing and children, Mm. it's very concerning. Like, I'm just realizing that those stories I did were two children and two teenage girls. And they're, you know what, that is so sad and disturbing because it's like, what are we telling our black youth that you go missing and no one will care? It doesn't matter, yeah. It is just sad and I get that we can't, like, give every single case attention, but it's like, it has to be equal. Right. It has to be equal. I don't understand how... You know, in two, in 2020, there could be someone who, in a case that went missing like that, and I haven't seen their picture the way that other cases are, you know, tweets and things like that go viral so fast and help people to be found. Yeah, it only takes a couple seconds to tweet and repost something. And the other case, when was, oh, you said, when was the um, other case? Yeah. 2001. 2001. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, Alicia... That was 2014, so... Alicia's children should definitely be found. Like, 2014... I've never seen pictures of them before I've seen this case. Hi, creepy cats. Melissa popping in here to just mention one more detail regarding Asia Wilbon. Asia's family has noted that she had social anxiety and often would cancel plans if the plans involved her going out. She really didn't like to leave home that much, and that's another reason why the family just doesn't believe that she's a runaway, because she had anxiety going out a lot of the time, and her running away just doesn't fit the Asia that they knew. Just wanted to mention that because it 
is important to the case. Um, just another fact, another reason why the family and we don't believe that she was a runaway. Thanks. We're seeing pictures of them before hearing about this. So it, but uh, we can end on a positive note. That's when the power of being a crime junkie comes in because mm. there's strength in the true crime community. And obviously, true crime people telling these stories does make a difference because sleuths have solved and helped solve stuff now. So right. it's not just like sharing and reposting and talking about these stories does nothing. Bringing awareness to the case is half the battle. So true. And we will link, obviously, we link the articles below. So I swear I'm going to look at all of these pictures and burn the faces into my brain. And, you know, you never know. Maybe for some chance, a miracle, you saw that person or you know something. You never know. Exactly. You never know. Something could spark your memory or something like that. You never know. But... It's just, even though these are sad and can often feel kind of hope, a lot of these cases wouldn't be solved if it wasn't for people just telling the stories and holding out faith and hope. Yeah, nothing is hopeless. There are new advancements in DNA and technology and things like that every day. So, <sighs> feeling hopeless won't help us solve any cases. That is true. Thank you for telling those, Jackie. I do think those deserve a spot. And I'm seriously going to look up the pictures right after this of those who are missing because whew, it's crazy that I haven't heard of these. I know it's crazy and it's sad. So thank you guys for rocking with us today. If you did stick it out, we know we know it's like tough listening to something sad when you could listen to basically anything you want. But yeah. thank you for listening and let us know if you guys have any cases if you are in a town where you know of someone who's gone missing and there is no media coverage or anything like that let us know come find us on instagram or send us an email or anything like that and we'll totally look into a case yes tell us we are here simply to bring awareness and help these cases in any way we can so if you guys have anything you want us to cover let us know and we will certainly try our best yes so thank you for listening to another episode of Ooh, that's creepy we appreciate you all and we will see you guys next time bye bye want to creep on us follow us on social media at ew that's creepy podcast or send us an email at ew that's creepy podcast at gmail.com Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.